in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. He must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, I have to say, um, congratulations to Georgia Mal- Maloney, uh, Georgia Maloney, who won the Italian uh, the election in Italy. And uh, so I apologize for the noise in the background, but uh, we're going to be fixing that. She said, I'll make you proud to be... Uh, Italian, again, Georgia Maloney, set to become first female prime minister of Italy, will be country's most right-wing leader since Mussolini, with Marine Le Pen and Viktor Orban leading celebrations among Europeans, Europe's far, far right. Um, Georgia Maloney says she has made history after her far-right party won the largest vote share in Italy's election yesterday. The unmarried mother of one, set to become the country's first ever female leader. Nationalist figures across the continent have hailed the result, saying it is the latest signal of a lurch to the right just weeks after Sweden catapulted its radical anti-immigration party into a coalition. So, that is good news, folks. That is really, really good news. Because you're seeing a shakeup in the United Kingdom because of uh, their corruption and their globalism. Uh, you're seeing a shakeup in France. Macron no longer has the power he used to have. I, I believe you're going to see a shakeup in Canada. Justin Trudeau uh, won an election, but. Uh, I don't think he's going to win another one because he's losing his apparatus. And I think that Klaus Schwab is also losing his apparatus. You know, the globalists, they, they had their victories and they took their power. And they have proven themselves to be tyrannical fascists. And, you know, we don't like to give names when they're not appropriate, but what they are are fascists. But yet, that's what everybody is referring to Georgia Maloney as. 
because she's a Christian, she's a woman, she's a mother, and she stands up and says, that's okay. It's okay to be traditional. And, you know, I read a, I read a many good comments, but um, I'm going to also read this. This is a speech. It says here, Bernie's tweets, uh, or Bernie's tweets writes, Italy, new Prime Minister, Prime Minister Georgia Maloney is calling out the narrative, and this is why they hate her. This is why your media will trash her, and this is why the EU will punish her and punish Italy, too. I think what, I, what I'm going to first do is I'm going to play the EU leader first. Now, this is, what, this is what's going on in the EU. An unelected official, Ursula von der Leyen, we played a clip from her last week sometime about uh, another issue, uh, about climate. And she, she was uh, basically saying at the EU that you could do three years in prison if you violate their climate rules. Rules, the climate rules, the rules that we set. And keep in mind, she's an unelected official. And let's take a listen to this. This is pretty, pretty hubris, right? This is uh, just, and they call you the fascist, right? This is, again, this is Ursula von, von der Leyen, the European Union chair. If things uh, go in a difficult direction, I've spoken about Hungary and Poland, we have tools. If things go in the right direction, and people as a body that is always, um, where always governments have to be accountable to, play an important role. We'll so she's an unelected official, and she warns that if Italy votes for someone they disagree with, they will sanction Italy. They did it to Poland. They did it to Hungary. They can't do it to them, to them all. Again, take, take another listen to this. This is just unbelievable arrogance. And you know it's driven by Klaus Schwab. We'll see. If things uh, go in a difficult direction, I've spoken about Hungary and Poland, we have tools. If things go in the right direction, we have tools. And people, as a body that is always, um, where always governments have to be accountable to, play an important role. We have tools. If things go in a difficult direction, basically she's saying, if things don't go our way, we're going to punch you in the face. As if she's. Not not worried about someone punching back because people are prisoners to this globalist society, this secret society that's run by privileged, silver spoon-fed people. Dinesh D'Souza writes, here's what George Maloney says at campaign rallies. I am Georgian. I am G Georgia. I am woman. I am a mother. I'm an it Italian. I'm a Christian. You will not take that away from me. For this, the left calls her a fascist and an heir to Mussolini. Italians don't believe it, and we shouldn't either. And somebody else said, this is what happens when you actually have voter ID 
and and day of elections. Italy's election results are what happens when you have single-day voting, make people show ID to vote, and only count each vote once. See, the problem is, like Nancy Pelosi just extended the amount of time you could count the votes to, like, November 10th in California. I mean, it's just... Unbelievable. Do we have any election laws left? What kind of banana republic are we in in America? So I have this clip. I'm debating on whether to play it. It's, uh, she, it's, it's Georgia Maloney speaking in, in Italy, in Italian. And um, it's, it's subtitled, and I was going to read it. Basically, she says, because it defines us. I think I'm going to try it, see how this goes. All right, so let's take a listen. So this is about what we are doing here today. Why is why is the, the, the family an enemy? Why is the family so frightening? There is a single answer to all these questions because it defines us, because it's our identity, because everything that defines us is now an enemy. For those who would like us to no longer have an identity and to simply be perfect consumer slaves, and so they attack national identity, they attack religious identity, they attack gender identity, they attack family identity. I can't define myself as an Italian Christian woman, mother. No. I must be citizen X, citizen gender X, parent one, parent two. I must be... Because when I'm only a number, when I no longer have an identity or roots, then I will be the perfect slave at the mercy of financial speculators. The perfect consumer. That's the reason why. That's why we are so inspired so much fear. Well, that's, that's why we inspire so much fear. That's why this event inspires so much fear. She's sounding like Trump, isn't she? They fear Trump. Because we do not want to be numbers, we will, we will defend the value of human being, every single human being, because each of us has a unique genetic code that is undeniable. And like it or not, that is a sacred, that is sacred. We will defend it. We will defend God, country, and family. Those things that disgust people so much, we will do it to defend our freedom. Because we will never be slaves and simple consumers at the mercy of financial speculators. That is our mission. That is why I came here today. Chesterton wrote more than a century ago. Let's see if I can find it. <laughs> okay, fires will be kindled to testify that two and two make four. 
Swords will be drawn to prove that leaves are green in summer. That time has arrived. We are ready. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it was a great speech, actually. But I didn't think I, you know, I, I actually went off a little better than I was expecting. Um, but uh, she's powerful. And she's going to turn Italy around. This Bosconi guy, this uh, guy that's been running the show over there, is a globalist. Corrupt. And we don't need that anywhere in the world. But what we need is we need, we need, we need a nation, you know, people that love their country. That's what we need around the world. We need to get away from globalism. So someone else said, I congratulate Georgia Maloney on winning the election in Italy. The rise of conservative leaders is making the world a better place. It was Sweden, now Italy, and soon the United States. People are excited about this around the world. Unelected official... Oh, well, okay, no, no I'm not going to read that one. So here, here's another one. Um, let's see. There was one that I, uh, I can't find it, but it says uh, Italy's election... Uh, I've read this before. Election results are what happens when you... Have single-day voting, make people show ID to vote, and only count each vote once. We need to get back to that. So I'm going to switch gears here and talk about this uh, Joe Biden. $11 billion to subsidize the world's electric vehicle production. So he says here, I pledged $11 billion a year to help poor countries fight climate change. So... He's now going to spend $11 billion of American taxpayer dollars to help poor countries. It's not like we're taking all their their criminals out of Venezuela or their terrorists out of the Middle East. We're doing much more than that now. We're going to have to foot the bill for that. You know, Eric Adams put up a uh, uh, an illegal alien camp to support like 3,000 illegal aliens. They call them migrants and people were asked in that area because the area that they're going up is AOC's area it's her district and they're putting them up and people are asking well why what about our nation's veterans that are homeless what about american citizens that are homeless well why are you doing something for the foreign uh, for these people that all they've ever done since they've been here in america is break our laws and be given money. And see, that's the thing. They're given money because the government knows that they're going to take that money and put it right back into the economy. It's just another way to cheapen the dollar and stimulate, uh, artificially stimulate the economy. Artificially stimulate it because no one's work, no one's producing that money. It's just being printed. And every time it's printed, it's devalued. It's just like the student loan forgiveness. It's just like the Inflation Reduction Act that's going to increase inflation because you devalue the dollar and you cause more spending. Prices go up, supply and demand with a devalued dollar. It's simple. It's making the Fed's job even more and more difficult. That went up 0.75%. And it's going to keep going up. And so is your mortgage. So is the fixed rate. And 
you're going to see the cost of home ownership uh, either go up because uh, of the interest payments you're going to have to make. It's going to cost more to buy a $500,000 house at 6% or 7% interest than it will at 3, 35 4% by the tune of a couple of hundred thousand dollars. So what do the home sellers have to do? They have to lower the price of their house. They have to lower the price of their house. So a $500,000 house can no longer fetch $500,000. It, it can only fetch, what, 300000 275000 250000 Cut the price of your house in half. And for those people that can actually, that have a lot of money in the bank, cash, liquid cash, you could go and you could buy in about six months to a year's time, you'll be able to buy a house at half the cost of what it cost in 2019, 2020, when the, when the, when the housing market was going artificially, ballooning up and creating a bubble. Like I say, we were talking about this super bubble, and Japan had a super bubble in the late 90s, and they crashed, and they've never recovered, fully recovered. And that super bubble, what is a super bubble? It's a super bubble when you have two sectors, two sectors, two big sectors. The stock market is a bubble. We saw that now at its lowest point. It dropped below 30,000. The Dow Index dropped below 30,000 for the first time in 2022. I mean, I, it's, 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 it, it, that's a huge loss. That's huge. And I, I can't see, I can't see an economic picture where that is going to continue to grow. I, I actually think that there might be a, re, a correction. So here's the thing. Under the Biden regime, the stock market is crashing and the housing market's going to crash. Oil prices are sky high. And the problem with oil prices is we know that the reason why Joe Biden shut off the Keystone Pipeline development and stopped renewing leases at a record pace and causing it, you know, the uh, oil prices to go way up, not just because it's harder to come by, Speculators are speculating a horrible future. And now Joe Biden wants to take $11 billion and subsidize the world. I pledge $11 billion a year to help poor countries fight climate. Here he is. Last month, I signed the biggest climate bill in history. The biggest ever. $369 billion to slash emissions by nearly half. This is a whole new chapter for America and, and for the planet. And there has to, we have to do a lot more. I pledge the... So $369 billion, and he's pledging more. Did he say $369 billion? Let's take a listen. Biggest climate bill in history. The biggest ever. $369 billion to slash emis- emissions by nearly half. This is a whole new chapter for America and, and for the planet. There has to, we have to do a lot more. I pledge $11 billion a year to help poor countries fight climate change. Working with Congress, with your help, we can get this done. So 
nothing to see here except for the fact that Hunter Biden took Chinese money to invest in Freeport McMoran, an Arizona-based mining company that is mining for cobalt in the Congo at slave labor camps that are inhumane. And then they're taking that cobalt, and then they have another company that they invested in, Hunter Biden, Emirex. Emirex is the other company that they've invested in. It's a Chinese-based battery manufacturer. Probably makes batteries for Tesla. Who knows? They make batteries for all the world's electric vehicles and other, other machines and other things. And so the only one who stands the benefit, well, not the only one, but one of the chief players that stands the benefit by that $369 billion package that's basically propping up and subsidizing climate uh, electric, you know, um, carbon omission uh, fuels. But it's not really zero carbon. It's not really zero CO2. It's not zero. Because coal is used. The mining of cobalt requires a lot of fossil fuels. And they still don't even know how to uh, dismantle batteries and bury them properly. It's a long, laborious process. So Joe Biden here is talking about $369 billion of your money to prop up an industry while at the same time not signing lease agreements and trashing and crushing the oil business and fossil fuels which we all know that the reason why America is leading the world in clean energy is because we converted electric electricity uh, su- su- supply or support from coal to natural gas so we went from we went from coal to natural gas and that has been the single biggest player in America's carbon footprint improvements. And there are scientists all over the place that are saying that it's not CO2 that's causing these problems anyway. So it's a big lie. It's a big hoax pushed by the globalists, the European Union, to regulate people and to trade climate certificates climate credits they call them and they're making a huge profit off of this stuff because those people that are embracing this are making out like a bandit but they would they would not be making out like a bandit if they the people in charge wouldn't uh, would stop crushing uh, well getting involved in the business See, if fossil fuels, if, if the government would leave fossil fuels alone, if the, if the government would get out of the way of oil manufacturing, Trump said we have 500 years of oil. So, and, it's, and oil itself is not hurting our earth the way you think it is. 
because the climate is cyclical and we're at the end of a, a, a heat wave, we're going to start to go into a colder weather. And studies show this. But in any case, the how could you lose, right? If you're, if you're the Biden crime family, how could you lose? You cut out your cheap... See, if fossil fuels and oil were to, to be left alone and they were allowed to compete in a market, in a free market, then MRX would probably have filed bankruptcy by now and Freeman, Freeport McMorrin wouldn't be mining for cobalt because no one would buy it. Nobody wants your batteries or your cobalt or your electric vehicles. Nobody wants them. Nobody wants them. Unless you jack up the price of gas like you did, unless you make oil scarce, and unless you rig the system. But before you did that, you got involved with cobalt mining and battery manufacturing. Then you subsidize it with government funding. You can't lose. You're forcing the world's consumer slaves, like the new Italian prime minister said, Giorgio Maloney, and you're basically forcing them to buy your product over somebody else's product while you have a monopoly on the market. And then you're going to say, whoa, what a great success story. Wow, you were smart to get into electric when you did. No, your dad was president of the United States and he rigged the system. Just like he did when he was vice president of the United States. It's crazy. I don't know why people aren't waking up and getting this. But you know who has woken up? Is Byron Donalds. I played a clip from him last week talking about the economy. Talking about how, you know, um, these aid packages that are causing uh, these omnibus packages, these stimulus packages, are causing um, a, a labor shortage. By increasing demand on products with people not really working. So there's, there's a labor shortage because people are choosing not to work because they get paid more to sit in, at home and loaf around. Because the government's paying them to sit at home. So they they don't stop consuming because the government's giving them money. And by that consumption, it creates a labor shortage because people aren't working. But don't, don't be skewed by the unemployment numbers. They, they won't call it a recession because the job market's too strong. But guess what? The labor participation rate is still lower than what it was under Trump pre-COVID. So we're not back. And when they talk about creating jobs, they're not talking about, they're not creating jobs. There was a thousand zillion businesses that went out, got crushed and went under because of Fauciism. The, the lies and deception of Fauci crushed and wiped out commerce around the world. And new businesses are coming up to replace those. And they're calling those job creators. But we're still not at the labor participation rate that we were before. Less people are working today. Let's take a listen to Byron 
Donalds talk about the Biden crime family. But the president has told us time and time again that he has no idea what his son is actually doing. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we all know that is the dumbest thing we've all heard. I have three sons. I've been away from my sons for 10 days. But trust me, I know exactly what they're doing. It doesn't take me long to pick up a phone and ask or to find out. The president knows what his son is engaged in. What his son is primarily being engaged in is a, is a mineral called cobalt. Let's educate the committee on cobalt. Cobalt is a mineral, a metal that is essential in the manufacturing of electric vehicles. Cobalt is one of the most important components of electric car batteries, solar panels, and other renewable energy sources. A Tesla long-range vehicle requires 10 pounds of cobalt, more than 400 times the amount of cobalt needed in a cell phone. Two-thirds of the world's cobalt production comes from the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Hunter Biden has been heavily involved in the 2016 sale of a cobalt mine in the Democratic Republic of the Congo to a company that is a Chinese company. He was very involved. The New York Times has reported on his level of involvement. So do you mean to tell me that Joe Biden, who was then was a former vice president of the United States, then candidate for the presidency of the United States, now president of the United States, had no idea that his son was engaged in the sale of a cobalt mine to a Chinese company at the same time when the centerpiece of Joe Biden's energy policy is electric cars in the United States and more green technology? I mean, come Thank on, you, folks. Madam that is just crazy. You know, you can sit here and try to lecture us about the leaks at Mar-a-Lago, which, by the way, let me also state for the record for the American people. There have been no hearings. There have been no classified briefings about documents at Mar-a-Lago. So the members of Congress who are saying what they know, what they're talking about are leaks into the news media, which, by the way, are illegal Leaks that are coming either A, from the Department of Justice, or B, from the FBI, we don't know because the press protects their sources. But if you're citing that, that is illegal information obtained by the press with active investigations. But let's go back to Hunter Biden. The chairman is, the, the, vice, the, the ranking member is correct. There are changes by Joe Biden to the ability for Congress to get suspicious activity reports. I am a recovering banker. When we issue suspicious activity reports, it's not just thrown out like a mere bag of shells. It's done for specific reasons because there are concerns about criminalities surrounding the financial transaction. If Hunter Biden and other members of the Biden family have more than 100 suspicious activity reports, Congress does need to know about this because a funny thing's happening at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Joe Biden is president of the United States. His son, who's not a kid, by the way, the man's 50 years old. He ain't a kid, okay? His son is running around the world cutting deals. His son is involved, involved in suspicious activity reports where financial institutions are making that readily, or have, have, have actually drafted those documents. And Congress doesn't want to know. We don't want to have oversight now. I find it interesting. I think it's very clear that the members of the majority party do have a playbook when it comes to smearing their political opponents. They talked about several people, like Lois Lerner. Yeah, she was discriminating against Tea Party groups. That was a fact. Like Benghazi, yes, there was, there was, a, there was a dilatory effects at the Department of State that led to the death of four members of, of, of four people that serviced our country and served our country. That did occur. 
And the one thing we already know is occurring, not through conjecture, because the documents of the transactions are quite clear. Hunter Biden was readily involved in the transactions dealing with Chinese companies for a mineral that is critical to the Democrat agenda respect, with respect to the Green New Deal. If Congress should not investigate what's going on between Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, then I don't even know what we're doing here, folks. We might as well just wait till the midterms are over. I yield. There it is. And there's more. Uh, we can uh, uh, revisit this one. Let's take a listen. ...to records filed with Chinese regulators. In 2016, BHR, through funds that came in... BHR stands for Biden Hunter Robert. It's Hunter Biden's company. Entirely from Chinese state-backed companies, contributed over a billion dollars to the buyout of Arizona-based Freeport McMorrin for the purchase of a cobalt copper mine and copper mine in the Democratic Republic of Congo when my good friend... Mr. Donalds talked about cobalt. Hunter Biden stood to gain millions on the deal. The firm also purchased a stake in China's contemporary Amperex technology company, the world's biggest maker of batteries for electric vehicles. Committee Republicans have already written to the Transportation Secretary about our concerns that due to the Biden administration's policies, American jobs are suffering. For example, Ford Motor Company recently announced that it will cut 8,000 more American jobs. As Republicans highlighted in our January letter to the National Archivist, the American people deserve answers on the extent of of Hunter Biden's business dealings. Absolutely, we we should. But see, this is what what I'm saying is, is that I think that the Biden crime family has crushed the entire middle class, has thrown America under the bus because we should be energy independent right now. Coming out of COVID, that's a that's a one hundred year. Oh, uh, it's a 100, one, one time per one hundred year one once per century uh, pandemic. And now is the time you want to strangle us. It was a once in a century um, housing crisis in two thousand eight, and all of a sudden Obama comes and he decides to smother the economy with regulations and taxes. I mean, I don't understand these Democrats. They just can't wait to get their hands in the cookie jar and get get all the profit. They just can't wait. They're so greedy. They're absolutely greedy. You know, Nancy Pelosi goes over there the 1st and 2nd and 3rd of August to Taiwan. And next thing you know, there's all kind of money that's being spent. Billions of dollars are being sent there to support this CHIPS program that they want to support and the Pelosi family is getting rich off of this I I just don't get it meanwhile we're in an election year and you have district attorneys and attorney generals of states and you have the attorney general of the United States going after political opponents to try to rig the 2022 midterm election. As if election rigging and Dominion machines isn't enough. It doesn't make any sense. 
I love to see what's happening in Europe, and I love what's happening in Italy right now, and Poland, and Hungary. But we have to get our own house in order. So let's take a listen to this. This is um, uh, Trump's attorney, and uh, she's talking about what's happening with Trump in New York. Let's take a listen. This puts it in perspective, because a lot of people are worried about Donald Trump, and will he, you know, will they get him? They're not going to get him. Let's take a listen. We talked about it earlier. Let's bring in Alina Haba. She is the attorney, one of the attorneys for former President Donald Trump. Welcome back, Alina. Thanks, Greg. Good to be with you. How are you? Uh-oh. Are you worried about this? You seem very serious. What's going on? Is this a bad... Oh, I'm so serious. <laughs> yes, I'm so concerned. Three years of investigation. I had no idea this was coming. And 48 days before an election. Of course, we knew this was coming. This is a typical political stunt by the DNC. Not worried at all. No, all not right. at all. All right. So Valuations um, are incredibly subjective, as you know. Right. I mean, and I don't even think I'm not sure there's a law and we should emphasize this is a civil case. They tried to present it as if it was some sort of an indictment. Do me a favor for the non-lawyers. Go ahead. Yes, I'm happy to break it down for the non-lawyers. So Letitia James took this this beautiful stage of pomp and circumstance. And she said that this was, you know, she was We are barring the Trump organization from doing business in New York. We are barring Donald Trump from doing business in New York. No, okay, first of all, you don't have the authority to do that. Let's be clear. This is a civil case. What is a civil case? Civil case is damages, monetary damages. Very different than a criminal case, which is you go to jail. This is a civil case. She's asking for money. We don't have a victim. Deutsche Bank made a lot of money off the Trump organization. However, she's took the stand today. Why? Because she's down in the polls. So we sit here and we watch this. And it's a shame because she really misled the public today. I I really believe that. I watched her try and pretend that my client was a fraudster and all of these things. Meanwhile, he used accounting firms. He used outside Cushman and Wakefield, major firms that went and did valuations of companies. And then his statement of financial condition was completely discredited by a four page uh, disclaimer where he said, basically, this is not an audit. This isn't an accounting statement. You got to do your own work and due diligence. And by the way, Deutsche Bank, they do their own due diligence. They're not a a schmucky little bank from, <laughs> you know, South Jersey. So sorry. OK, well, look, I actually am a bit of a, I, I have a hobby. I like New York City buildings. I've always liked the skyline. And I know a little bit about what buildings <laughs> cost. And when she came out and said right. that 40 Wall Street should only have been valued at $200 million in 2011. Yeah. And I think we have a picture of the yes. building. I knew she was wrong. I knew it. She said $200 million. Donald Trump said, apparently in the financial papers, that it was worth $524 million. I don't know if you saw earlier in the show, we showed about six buildings that sold or were valued in 2011 for that figure or more comparable size and some not nearly as iconic, famous or interesting as 40 Wall Street. She does not know, literally not know what she's talking about. No, she has no idea about commercial real estate. That is very clear by this complaint. Number one. Number two, when you have a Trump property, that's a unicorn property. That's what we call that. That's something that has a brand value and has real estate value. He's got some of the best buildings in New York. So you want to sit there and tell me, oh, 
Trump, do you know what a property's worth? It's worth what someone's willing to pay for it. It doesn't matter what Letitia James thinks. She has no real estate, no real estate background. She's literally investigating everybody and anybody. Cushman and Wakefield, Weiser Mazar. She'll go after Deutsche. She'll go after anyone to advance her political career. There is no place for that in the judicial system. And I have other clients that deal with this. If you're a Republican, if you are sitting there and you are trying to fight for your business who happens to be successful in a democratic state, you should not have a prejudicial judge in front of you and you should be treated the same. But that's not the way we operate, unfortunately, in this country anymore. That's the problem. That is the problem. I know I only have a few seconds left. There was a bogus case about the um, the Trump Foundation. There was a settlement. I know that was bogus on their part. What do you tr- right. what do you do though? I mean this does take up time. A lawsuit, you got to answer certain things. Yes. Are you looking to settle? How can you settle? What what's your next step? What are you going to do? Quite honestly, all of these lawsuits that they bring, they're no surprises. We're already ready to deal with them. We've been prepared for that. We have a motion to dismiss ready, and we're going to tailor it to whatever new details they brought. But quite honestly, this has been three years in the making. If you don't think we knew that they were going to do this right before an election, she must think we're stupid. We were ready to go, and we will be ready to grow, and we will continue to crush it. It is what it is. It's an election political ploy. Here we go, Letitia. You know, you made a mistake. You wanted to file, but it's going to be another L in your bucket. <laughs> another L in your bucket. Now, that's uh, I thought that was important to hear because we need more confidence in, in what is happening uh, today. Um, all right. So you think uh, the Democrats have a plan? You think that uh, take a listen to this old clip. It's a short clip. It's Gavin Newsom 10 years ago. So 10 years ago in 2008, well, no, actually, it's more than that. It says Gavin Newsom vows to end homelessness in San Francisco in 10 years in 2008. So that means by 2018, it only got worse and not better in San Francisco. Let's take a listen. We believe fundamentally that food solves hunger, that shelters solve sleep, and that housing solves homelessness. And if we're going to solve the problem... Uh, of those that are out on the streets that we define as homeless, we better solve the housing problem if we're going to have an impact. And that's why we established this framework, what we call a 10-year plan to end chronic homeless in San Francisco. All right. So, you know, what happened? San Francisco is run by Democrats. There's a Democrat. He's the governor of the state. And apparently they couldn't figure it out, right? So, um... In any case, and then here's another uh, here's another clip. I'm going to go through a series of clips. There's a lot of things I wanted to share with you today. Um, we spent a little bit too much time maybe on Italy, but um, in any case, there's a case right there where he failed, right? It's sort of like climate. Climate's going to go through the, the, you know, 10 years, we're going to be, California's going to be underwater. No, nope, California's not underwater. Now what do you say, right? And they call us the conspiracy people, right? So take a listen to this. Stacey Abrams just said that the incredible ultrasound technology that allows parents to hear their baby's heartbeats is actually just a manufactured sound. Take a listen. There is no such thing as a heartbeat in six weeks. It is a manufactured sound designed to convince people that men have the right to take control of a woman's body away from her. 
Radicals like Abrams argue that because that baby's heart is underdeveloped and because the beats are very faint, it isn't actually a heartbeat. But human hearts grow throughout childhood, only stopping when a person fully stops growing. So does that mean everybody under the age of 16 doesn't have a beating heart? According to radical abortion supporters like Abrams, apparently. Even Planned Parenthood admits that babies develop a heartbeat by five to six weeks. So the whole thing is kind of like the flat earth movement, just blatant denial of science. Yeah, well, the, trust the science, trust the science. Well, science was wrong with COVID, number one. Number two, um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just a bit crazy. Um, it seems like every time a Democrat opens their mouth, they're just flat out lying. I don't know why they can't tell the truth. And then, again, I, I don't understand how Democrat people that I know are decent people. How in the world do you vote for this stuff? I was speaking to a, um, I was in New York over the weekend, speaking to a friend of mine, Democrat, and uh, I asked him about, uh, about, I asked him a question about uh, uh, Joe Biden, and he he had never heard uh, about uh, this this particular uh, issue. And he says, well, I only get, the news from the New York Times. Whatever's in the New York Times, that's what I get. So I'm like, well, you got to get some new news. You know, because he, uh, I think it was I said um, that Biden didn't didn't do any business with his son. He didn't know anything about this information. I was telling him about the cobalt thing. He didn't know anything about it. So they just don't know. Um, but let's take a listen to this. Do, uh, Peter Ducey. Does President Biden favor any limits on abortion? And Jean-Pierre says, I'm not going to get into the specifics. Why not get into specifics? What Republicans are trying to do is take us backwards, she says. Let's take a listen. Thanks, Green. Following up on your uh, topper, does President Biden favor any limits on abortion? We've been very, very clear here. Um, since you're talking about my topper, I was talking. Okay, before, before we play this again. See, here's what the Biden, Biden administration is afraid to do on just about every polarizing issue. Every issue, whether it's Black Lives Matter or Antifa or whatever. He bastardizes the right, calls them fascists, every name in the book. But he will never say a negative word about any piece of his voter base. Because Democrats are so unhinged and intolerant and emotional, and they're, they're lacking the facts in, on issues. But here, the other big problem, and the, the reason why I'm playing this clip, because it's, I think it's important, is ever since the Dobbs decision, uh, Democrats seem to be uh, doing better in the polls with respect to this abortion issue. Because Democrats are not answering the question. And the, the, it, because if they did, see, the thing is, is that the Democrats aren't, aren't saying out loud that they support partial birth abortion. They support killing a baby after it's out of the womb and it's breathing. I mean, they support late-term abortion. And that is a dead issue for them. They lose. They lose that. 
And so the thing is here, they have to uh, own it. And so she won't answer that because she'll alienate the independents and she'll alienate her uh, left-wing fringe if she answers it. So it's all about politics. But they, they don't own anything. They don't answer any question. A non-answer to me should be the worst answer you could give. But they never pay the penalty for that. Thanks, Green. Following up on your uh, topper, does President Biden favor any limits on abortion? We've been very, very clear here. Um, since you're talking about my topper, I was talking specifically about Senator Lindsey Graham. And, and your position on his plan is clear. 15 was weeks speaking, is unacceptable. I was, I was speaking to directly to what Republicans are trying to do. So they, are calling, they are calling for a national ban, uh, which takes us backwards. Uh, which will, which will, weeks, right? it's a national ban which will take us backwards and will put, put at risk the health of women. And here's the thing about this, Peter, it's not just national ban on abortion. We're talking about uh, privacy, we're talking about contraception, we're talking about marriage. That is what uh, extreme Republican officials are trying to do. That's what we're speaking to. I'm not going to get into specifics here. I'm just going to lay out what what they have said that they're going to why, do. Why not get into specifics? The Republicans are saying we don't want abortion after 15 weeks. Why can't you say how many weeks a president? So, so as you know, as you know. Uh, Kevin McCarthy put out the GOP agenda. I'm not asking no, about Kevin McCarthy. I'm, I'm asking I'm about answering, Joe Biden and I his am, position on abortion. How Peter, many weeks? Peter, I'm answering your question. What Republicans are trying to do is take us backwards. They're trying to take away the rights and freedoms of Americans. That's what we're calling out, and that's what we're going to continue to call out. House Republicans oppose a pharmacy bill that would deny women essential medications. As of September, 166 House Republicans have signed onto a heartbeat bill that would decide abortion at the federal level, level, even though 28 of those members have since said decisions on abortion should be left to the state. And this week, a Michigan GOP official said he, he, he wants to ban contraception. So we should really listen to what Republicans are trying to tell us. And, and that's what and, we and, are speaking out and, against. And, and that's what we're going to talk about. about. See, Peter Ducey, should, if Peter Ducey made a mistake there, what Peter Ducey should have done <clears throat> is he should have accused the Biden administration of, of, of partial birth abortion. She would have then had to reject it. And she would have then put herself, but he didn't do that. That was a bad question. And he got owned by Jean-Pierre there, got owned. Because she basically took the the uh, conservative's extreme position. Then there's the moderate position somewhere in the middle. And then there's the extreme on the left. They never once ever in that exchange talked about the extreme left. And they never, ever got the answer they were looking for with regard to where does Biden stand on that issue. So she won that. She won that, but she shouldn't have. She should not have won that. 
This is a really great piece on gain of function. Let's take a listen to this. Uh, uh, what flag you support or what your ideology is. And, and that, that's the problem with, with bioagents and biowarfare and bioweapons and why they have so much potential to be catastrophic. Now, the one thing that's important here to realize is that gain of function work, and this is the argument what, that I've made and why I'm against it, it serves no medical purpose. So the argument is with gain of function work, the proponents of it say, well, if we can engineer or design this thing in such a way that we think it's going to evolve, then we can develop a medical countermeasure, a vaccine, a treatment to get ahead of it. So the idea is that we're going to make countermeasures to get ahead of the threat. There's two fundamental logic, logic problems with that. One, you have to have the, the hubris to believe that you, you'll know how an agent will evolve in nature on its own. So you have to have this godlike complex to say that I know how this thing's going to evolve. Uh, second, the type of evolution uh, that they, the evolutional pressure and selection they put on these in the laboratory, the, the procedures and processes that they apply, they're the kind of things that would take hundreds of thousands of years to, to occur naturally in the environment. So they're evolving these things so far ahead with so many uh, different advances the timescales don't match. So the, the idea for what they're, you know, what the, what gain of function is supposed to be in theory, you know, when you just look at it without looking at the details and the mechanics of it, it looks like a really good idea. The problem is it's, it's not grounded in reality. That's, that's such a great explanation of gain of function. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate that. So there's another post that says, get an EV. They say, it'll be fun. They say, this is the electric vehicle charging station in California. There's lines an hour long. You have to wait to charge your car like for an hour. It's absolutely uh, insane, right? Also in France, the manufacturing food crisis rolls on with the world's largest fresh pro product market, uh, Rungus, going up in smoke. Why are all these places going, uh, burn, you know, just burning down to the ground? Why is that happening? So there's a lot more that I wanted to cover today. I probably didn't do the greatest job in um, allocating the right amount of time for each topic. And I apologize for that. But uh, uh, we're going to get to all of these issues and more in, the, in, in this week. So uh, it's going to be great. All right. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning into the Scott Adams Show. Be sure to check out tacticalcivics.com to find out how you can actually take back your country locally and set up a chapter with the help of tacticalcivics.com. Also, be sure to check out magapac.org and find out how we're advancing America First policies to make America great again. This show is part of that effort. Uh, this particular show right here that you're listening to. And then uh, use Red State over at MyPillow. Red State over at MyPillow uh, as your promo code. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye, buddy. Just to bury my kids right up to there.